Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host. Today is March 5th, 2020. Gonna get a little controversial with movies here on Queer All Year. Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, and I am joined, as always, by my bro and sound producer, Mick G. Photosynthesis. That's all. Did you just slow down SpongeBob right there? Yeah, isn't that pretty much the he's tempo like, he does? No, he's like, photosynthesis. 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 I'm pretty sure it's faster than that, but I guess our listeners can tell us. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this is Queer All Year, and it's March 5th. And uh, we hope that you all really enjoyed yesterday's crossover episodes with Getting Off. We had so much fun. Oh my gosh, I'm still starstruck. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it took a little while before... We could actually record because I was just like, I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> it's them. It's really them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm talking to them. So, um, yeah. So I hope you were as giddy as I was, or at least uh, it was as interesting as I said it would be. Um, yeah, go uh, follow them. At, and if you subscribe to their Patreon at the $1 tier, you get all their bonus episodes. So, like, uh, subscribe to us, but also... Subscribe to them because you get everything and they are so smart and that's where they do like big cases. I think that's where they did OJ, maybe. Um, I'm not sure because I've listened to everything several times and they're all mixed up. Their latest um, thing on Kobe is really good and oh it's really gosh, fair. So I mean, I definitely think fair would be the best way to describe And that. that's on their main feed. They go even more in depth on their Patreon yeah. for a dollar. And like um, Jessa is like... Um, if you listen to those episodes, Nick will tell you Jessa is the number. I got Kat so ex- I got so excited this. that I smacked the microphone. She's like the number one expert in like that whole field, like ever, at least in Wisconsin, but like I think ever because I think Jessa is the best ever. So you are getting like quality content that you really should have to pay like twenty dollars for, but it's a dollar, or it's free on the regular feed anyway our um, patreon's good too yeah i'm gotta stop <laughs> directing people to other people's <laughs> stuff um yeah so i've got two stories and a little segment with mcg today um so i'm just gonna jump right into the nazis um so in 1932 the police chief of berlin announced a public initiative against the queer nightlife scene in Berlin. And what that looked like was that dance halls and, quote, amusements with dancing of a homosexual nature had to close early um, at 10 p.m. And so um, in response to that, a lot of the dance halls turned into private clubs, um, which were pretty um, prevalent back then, kind of across Europe and I think in the United States. So it just um, that somehow got them around that rule, I guess, kind of, and it also kind of protected them. Um, But then when Hitler became chancellor, um, he kind of, he did a um, public, what uh, what on earth would he call it? Like a morality initiative type thing. And so on March 5th, 1933, he... um, allowed many gay bars to remain in business, but he forced the most prominent ones to close. And so um, the uh, biggest one that they talk about, the famous transvestite club, 
El Dorado Cabaret or El Dorado Cafe or Tanz Locale für Heren Herenone. Okay, anyway, it means dance halls for men. Um, that was forced to close, and that was, like, the famous one, and it's still, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it their stone wall, but it's it was their um, safe space for, you know, all sexualities, all gender identities, that kind of thing. Um, but the owner of it was threatened, and his family was threatened, and um, he ended up uh, having to hand over the club to the SA and then the SA turned that into their local headquarters so that's just insult to injury right there um later on Hitler did just you know close all the all the gay clubs and then killed all the Nazis he thought were gay um just you know I think people talked him into it he was just like okay whatever just kill them all yeah so that's how Hitler thought yeah fine just kill them all um so then afterward, um, it's still standing, and um, so it is kind of like in kind of like their stone wall. It's, you know, it's back open. It's, you know, trying to be stronger than ever. You know, it's a symbol of, you know, surviving, that kind of thing. Let's see how many times I can say you know in this episode. Um, and um, so I don't want to, like... <sighs> hark on about the Nazis too much because I already did that whole episode about the Nazis and it was really depressing. And I've also already addressed pretty much all of this. Um, and I will address it again because history. So, um, I'm going to zoom out of this into a little segment with McG. Hey friends, it's McG. Today I want to talk about one of the world's luckiest rock stars, Ozzy Osbourne. From biting off bats' heads to snorting lines of ants, there is no doubting his expertise and shock tactics. He will go down as one of the greatest frontmen in rock, but let's be honest, dude can't sing. All of his amazing music is a result of him having the best bands with him. Best in the world. I firmly believe that Black Sabbath would have been just as successful with a different vocalist. Guitarist Tony Iommi was the true brains behind the band. And this has been a recurring theme for Ozzy. He has consistently had the brightest and most innovative young guitarists handled in the world, um, which he could afford due to his exploits with Black Sabbath. <clears throat> to illustrate, here are a few of the genius guitarists behind Ozzy's music. Tony Iommi, Randy Rhodes, Zach Wilde, Jerry Cantrell, and even Steve Vai before Sharon shut it down. And I, I cannot describe how angry and confused I am that there is an entire album co-written by my favorite guitarist and the ultimate hype man, Ozzy. Um, please get back together and record that. That needs to happen. Um, anyway, Ozzy's fine. This is Mick G, and you're listening to a little segment. You're going to do it! Okay, awesome, Mick G. Thank you. Um, I am now going to go into the controversial movie part of this. Um, on this day in history, um, The Birdcage premiered in um, not... Um, at, you know, a theater near you, but um, in New York, I believe. 
um, was the, um, I can't remember the theater, but it was on the March 5th. Um, the Birdcage is a very, very famous, um, I don't want to necessarily say queer community movie. It's very contentious. A lot of the queer community finds this to be an empowering movie and a lot find it to be detrimental and insulting. And I feel like the tide is turning more toward the insulting um, edge of the spectrum there. Um, but so, um, it was adapted from a musical that was adapted from a French play that I'm just not even going to try to pronounce today. I just, I tried, I looked it up. I was like, I'm just not even going to say it. So the movie, the English speaking movie that came from it, um, is not a musical. It's just based off of the play that turned into a musical. So, um, if you haven't been around uh, since 1996 or something, somewhere around there, or if you haven't seen the movie, um, if you don't want to be spoiled, plug your ears. Um, basically, go watch My Fair Lady or something. Um, so the plot is that Armand Goldman, who is uh, played by Robin Williams, and his partner Albert, who's played by Nathan Lane, are super thrilled when their son Val, who's played by David Futterman, Futterman, I don't know. He's you'll know, you'd know him if you saw him. Um, he comes home to tell them that he's getting married to a female, and they're like shocked. And then, yay! Oh my gosh, you're not gay. That's weird. Um, so then he um, tells them that his um, fiance is coming to dinner with her uber conservative parents, her dad, who is a conservative senator that kind of thing, and he just tells them that they're coming over for dinner. Like, it's not even like a, you know, hey, do you mind? It's like a, hey, she's coming over, and she's been lying about that you guys are straight and um, you guys aren't Jewish. And I can't remember being Jewish, being involved in that, but um, this is something. But Goldman makes me think that probably they were Jewish. I can't remember. Um so they uh the problem with that is that um they live in this like flamboyant apartment with a gay housekeeper um and they're both gay and um like Robin Williams is kind of like I don't know what the terms are anymore he's kind of butch I guess he's got like uh I think he has a mustache in it and he's got like his shirt open and tons of chest hair and that kind of thing and then Nathan Lane is um the um female version of the marriage you know like so who's the man in the marriage well uh robin williams um so and then nathan lane just kind of flirts like floats around and is really pretty and super gay that kind of thing and so it's like well how on earth are we going to swing this as uh being straight and so um the way they decided that um, they were going to be able to get Albert to be able to come to the dinner is that they're going to make him able to act straight. So they spend quite a while trying to teach him to act like a straight man, um, quote unquote. And it is, um, you know, hilarity ensues in the form of uh, homophobic and transphobic and gender identity, just ridiculous stuff um 
so I mean, um, basic. I mean, really seriously, it's like kind of like My Fair Lady, except trying to turn Nathan Lane into a straight man rather than Audrey Hepburn learning that the difference between a lady and a flower girl is in how she's treated and how she acts, you know. Um, gosh, I love that movie and that play. Um, the um, So then um, he Robin Williams calls his ex-wife, and she's going to come and pretend to be the wife still. Um, and he's Nathan Lane is was originally going to be the uncle, he, um, but then they decided, like, dude, you're just too gay. You can't come, which is awful, just terrible. Um, and so um, Robin Williams' ex-wife is going to come and um, pretend to still be the wife. But then at the last minute, she can't come. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And then Nathan Lane comes out in drag because I think I didn't mention this, but um, Robin Williams' character Armand Armand uh, owns a drag club and a drag club yes and um, Albert who's Nathan Lane is like their top performer so he comes out in drag and pretends to be Robin Williams wife and uh, more homophobic and transphobic hilarity ensues um, and uh, yeah so uh, the movie ends something like with the senator changing his ideals or something like that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's uh, something offensive. But um, the movie is... I'm critical of it. It's. I mean, I, I, I really like the movie. I like the movie. I'll say it. I'm sorry. I like to watch it. I understand it's problematic. I like Love Actually. I find that problematic. I can find... You know what? Tropic Thunder is my catcher in the rye. So <laughs> we like problematic movies here. And I'm just going to say I like watching it. I find it detrimental. Um, I don't necessarily know that I would. I'm not going to praise it. I'm not going to necessarily recommend it. Um, it's Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. It's a great dynamic. It's just, oh, it's so. Ah. So it, it really lacks the whole. It really lacks Nathan Lane and um, Robin Williams having a, like, a I am who I am revelation that, like, it really desperately needs. They don't, it, it's, it lacks um, them coming out and saying, like, this is who we are. It, it, instead, it's like the senator saying, this is who you are. So validation comes from the outside. Um, they um, don't at all like um address the fact that address the idea of not letting these people into their home which any i mean i understand wanting to be there for your son but i don't believe any self-respecting um queer couple would have those people in their home and i don't think any parents you know full stop would be like um you're telling me that your fiance and her parents are coming to our house in how many days or whatever like um no how about we tell you when you all can come into our home but uh, i mean i think that's what my parents would be like if i told them we my husband and his whole family was coming over they'd be like oh, no um so that it just mm, that uh, it, it's not that it's I don't know how I want to say this. I feel like it just hurts the queer community in, in its 
unapologetic and unresolved quests to fundamentally change um, one of the characters to fit into society's gender expectations and then to hide the shame that a um, a gay couple is supposedly supposed to feel for the benefit of their son's fiance's crappy parents. Like, they should be ashamed of themselves and have to hide, and they're willing to do this because the movie presents this as family values, you know? Like, good family values, you do what you have to for your son, which means that completely getting rid of your entire identity. Like, you own a drag club, you are a drag performer, you are partners because you couldn't get married at the time you have a gay housekeeper which somehow factors into that relationship somehow even though they're not like involved i don't know um but that all is is um not worth as much as your son's crappy new in-laws you know it just it it makes me a little angry that it's it's promoting this as a good thing and it's promoting it as funny. It is funny. I like the movie. I'm sorry. I'm, well, sorry, not sorry. Um, but it just, I feel like it could really hurt youth if they watched it. And I don't know that, um, I mean, that's not, it's not really age appropriate for um, extremely vulnerable populations. Um, but it also, I mean, if you watch it and you're like, oh, uh, this is how to act like a man and I should act more like that so I don't act gay. So, you know, like, uh, I don't know, that is upsetting. Um, I have a quote from a New York Times article um, titled Film View, Why Can't Hollywood Get Gay Life Right? And it says, the message, a straight couple's wedding is more valuable than a gay couple's dignity. And I think that sums it up perfectly oh my gosh um so that is um so yes so this debuted on march 5th somewhere in new york and then it was released um countrywide the 7th i believe yeah the 7th um go watch it if you want go watch it at least you know to see what i'm talking about form your own opinions you know like don't let me uh you know force my opinions on you but i feel like it you watch it and you it'll come through um uh yeah so that is today in history we didn't have a whole lot to talk about but man apparently i can go on about the birdcage um you yeah. can do it i can do what the birdcage yeah the thing you already did that's what i'm giving did. you mototion <laughs> for right now you can do it, Nikki, but it's freaking head off. Yeah, that's... Adam Sandler. Have we talked... How much have we talked about Adam Sandler? Yeah, oh did we God. actually talk about it on this, or did we consider it? No, I'm I yelled sure out one of his... Oh, movies. no, you did the you did the Billy Madison one. Yeah. So we definitely talked about it on here. All right. Now yeah. I'm going to apologize for some of our Adam Sandler love. But we do have Facebook. Um, uh, queer yeah. all year... Uh, that's the page yeah and then queer all your podcast fam yeah or where just you can fam. go and like yell at me about like my views on the birdcage but i'm just saying yeah or anything else like if you're feeling like uh you know maybe thai food or something else we'll you talk can, about coronavirus you can put a poll on there see what 
people think. I don't say poll. I say like invite comments. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Do, Converse do with us about about your feelings about the birdcage or the Nazis or what uh, getting off. Let's talk about getting off in whatever way that means to you. Um, <laughs> we also have Twitter and Instagram, which are Queer All Year Pod out there. Um, we have we talked about the Patreon already. Um, Patreon.com slash Queer All Year. True that. Yeah. And um, the uh, ratings on iTunes, uh, the best place to go is to the little purple app on your phone that uh, gives us the best ratings. It's kind of weird. Not all ratings are equal. I've looked up the algorithm and no one can figure it out. They keep changing it a little bit, just tweaking it a little. Yeah, I think it's just to screw with all our minds. So mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, if you want to do that, that'll help us. But uh yeah we, we don't need we don't need their superficial superficial uh you know approval well if we don't get that then we at least need y'all to sh tell people about the podcast right. and share yeah. it uh ratings would be great um so more people can find us out on itunes or spotify or you know like whatever hog hacker you use um Podcatcher. i hate that word so much let's just make up a new one like why is it a podcast? Okay, um, this this drives me crazy. iPod. It's called a podcast because it was on an iPod. If it's going to be on different things, we need to change the word, <laughs> I think. Caster machine. No. Caster oil. Caster is hosting it. It's not, It needs to be like a word that, I mean, like basically it's talk radio that you can't call into. What is NPR? I don't know. Basically, it's NPR now. Scripted radio. I don't know. This is sure not scripted. Yeah. Some It pretends to be scripted, and then I just go off on the birdcage. What are we talking about? We were talking about, like... <laughs> sharing. Uh, yeah, sharing things. Yeah, share things. Share... Um, talk amongst yourselves. Share it with your friends and your family and the internet. Random places in the internet. If you would like to maybe be on this show, if you have, like something to contribute um reach out to us and we will um see if we can get something together yeah and the the fam podcast fam would be the best place to go on facebook yeah to do that or the page i think you can message the page oh yeah yeah one of the two. just facebook that's a good way facebook Fa no one uses facebook yeah Okay. Anyway, <laughs> gr our grandma unfortunately does. Oh, uh, you remember when grandma accidentally posted that really, really, really close-up picture yeah, of her such nostril? A strange photo. I'm glad you kept it. <laughs> <laughs> I screenshotted it, but then I was like, Grandma, do you know this is on your Facebook? She's like, What? <laughs> so I have a screenshot though, and she blamed it on one of our little cousins, and I'm like, No, I'm pretty sure you just used Facebook, Grandma. <laughs> we love our grandma. Yeah. She is lovely, but she was on Facebook during the royal wedding telling us about Trump. And I'm like, can you, can I, can I just watch the man I'm in love with, like, go marry this wonderful person who I can never live up to? <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, so history, history is about the past. Herstory is about the past. And we are making history right now in um having a terrible closing so i'm going to close this terribly and remind i get it herstory 
There we go. You're not on the internet much, are you? Anyway, um, you all are wonderful, and you are perfect the way you are, and we love you. 